Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian, here in North Texas, pouring myself a beautiful beverage this evening with my good buddy Frank and Austin. Frank, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well, doing some live Foley sound effects on air. I was going to say, that stuff. was like, to, to the folks out there, if you ever hear our uh, whatever beer count mixes and all that stuff... That is pre-recorded. This was live. Yeah, so it's a real uh, very, shit. Yeah, very interesting. Real shit. Oh my god, I got all I got all twerked up thinking about it. Yeah, so it is, man. Are so you uh, drinking anything special, fun, and exciting this evening? I am only because, and I guess I should have figured. Just man. real quick, Frank just licked the length of the can from bottom to top. Just yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite think that through. Yeah. Um, no, only because okay. So we've all had full-grown Nick, Nick or whatever, you know. Okay. Um, I found full-grown man-child down here, which I, I, it's got to be the first time it's made it down. I've never seen this here. Um, but it is a, it's from Tup's Brewing. It's a uh, stout brewed with coffee and chocolate. So far, based on the can lick, um. Give it a. I think I'm gonna like it, um, but I need to actually taste it. You licked the outside of a dirty ass can. I just want to <clears throat> really put that into perspective. He's got a little milk mustache at the end there. Yeah, it's got a little too much head. Well, you're pouring pour it. it into a Yeti cup, so that'll happen. Well, I also didn't pour it correctly. Also, what's the ABV? Because that one I think is less than the typical. It is six and a half. This is a really nice. Coffee I mean, this beer. is. Yeah. This is up the up the like pecan pecan porter route. Um, you know, it's a nice light, really, really. Um, how would I call it? Does it taste like a a cold really, brew? It's roasty. Okay. Which I like. This is good. It's very good. Uh, by the way, uh, <clears throat> Brian, I don't know if you're intending to, but your camera is off, so it's kind of like I'm talking to an avatar. Yeah, I think that may be on your end, bro, Chacho. Because everything's looking golden on my end. Well, did you try switching internet? Did you try turning it off and on again? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's essentially what we're what we're gonna go toward. Um, yeah, no, I'm here. I'm 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 looking at you. I've got my long hair pulled back using my headphones as a headband. So yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm I'm I'm, I'm there. We go. Okay, yeah, literally turning it off and turning it back on again. Yeah, no, the, the whole Google. I, I think Google lost a couple of uh, teraflops in the metaflop. Oh, uh, in the universe, as the, it were, in the upload download sphere. That makes exactly. Sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, it is Tuesday. We're usually recording on Wednesday, and on Tuesday, the data flows the other direction to clear out the it pipes. Does. Yeah, so you have to kind of, you know, it's and it's and it's National Opposite Day. Ah, so yes. think about think about the fucked upness of that. Uh huh. Right? Like, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It should be flowing normal, but because we're ready for it to flow backwards, now it's you know 
what's yeah, up is crazy. what's up is down what's down is up mm-hmm. there there are no rules um anyway i am drinking uh, a north texas brew as well um this is from manhattan project this is their particles collide zeta their hazy ipa which th- those long-term listeners uh will have heard me i taste i've tasted several of the uh particle co- particles collide versions over the the last year unfortunately they started doing this uh you know mid pandemic um and then they were like i got a great idea we'll name each particles collide variant um after a different greek letter (laughs) 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 this is before you know covid delta strain omicron strain you know uh, uh, omicron oh my I have a family member who called it something that wasn't Omicron. And I was like, what did you say? And Mrs. Brian was like, just leave it. Don't worry about it. I was like, no, no, no. We need to address it. What was that word? <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't no, the right did word. Did they say Omicron? No, 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 no. There was an extra syllable thrown in just all willy nilly in the middle. Anyway, this one is Particles Collide Zeta, which the purpose of this uh, hazy IPA series from Manhattan Project is to mix uh, different hops and hop varieties um, into a nice hazy IPA. And this one, okay. after we talked about last week and me not being able to properly identify what hops were in that Firestone Walker uh, beer. I think it was Firestone, right? I believe that's correct, yes. Um, this one gives us some information and sure as shit, Nelson Sauvin and Hollertal Blanc are the hops oh. on, full, on, on, uh, on display here. And I gotta be honest, this is such a cool ass, a cool ass beer. What's weird is, and I don't know if this is like just personal takeaway, but no matter how cold I get this beer, the beer doesn't taste cold when it hits my lips. Okay. And like, let me explain. It's cold. This thing has yeah. been in the beer fridge for, you know, days at this point. And still, because it's so creamy, like, you know how hazy IPAs have that like across the mm-hmm. whole palate mouthfeel? Well, there's something weird that happens where like my tongue doesn't acknowledge the temperature of the liquid. Does that make sense? I kind of, I'm, I'm trying it's to weird think as shit. Like it really is like my lips understand that it's cold because the glass is cold, but yeah. then when it hits my mouth, like the liquid hits my mouth, there's some like in such a way it's, it's weird as shit. I've never experienced any, well, I, I have experienced something like this, but it's always been with hazy IPAs. It's so weird. And I think it may be the lowered level of carbonation combined with the high viscosity of the mouthfeel okay. or whatever, you know, the the different additives or adjuncts that are thrown in here. Yeah. Um, it's just so fucking weird. It's so weird. The first time I had it, I was like, oh, this isn't cold enough. But no, it is. So, okay, fair enough. So what's the... Uh, um, what's the... How would you say the ABV on that beer? How would you say? How, how you I, say? I, I had a different. I had a different line of thinking, but then <laughs> ABV I, default it led me down the ABV path. Yeah, no, that's fine. Seven and a half percent, which I think that is kind of the standard for a lot of these, uh, a lot of the beers in this series. But it's like that's like the Goldilocks. I mean, no pun intended here, but that's like the Goldilocks ABV for me to yeah. like let hops take the center stage because if you go over seven and a half, if you start pushing eight and then above alcohol starts to play a part and like it, you you have to have the amount of hops to over like to 
to balance out alcohol. And in doing so, you start getting this like vegetal burn or hot burn. Mm-hmm. It, it, everything tastes green. It's the best way to put it. Um, but like this seven and a half percent, like you can make a really well balanced, well made, like go- easy drinking, but flavorful beer. Um, okay. And it's really cool. Like I, 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 I'm a big fan of this. And what's the, uh, the, the price point on that? You know, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. I want to say for four pack, 16 ounce cans, I want to say they're probably like 12, $13, maybe 15 depends. Like the other thing is it's a, um, it's not one of their year round beers. So it's kind of like the double dry hop from tops. Like you, you get it when it's there and it doesn't really matter. You know, it's going to be good no matter what the price point is. Um, yeah, yeah. So I want to say it may have been closer to 15, 16. I've got another one coming up tonight that I'm interested in trying. Um, that is definitely not a local beer, but Weistefaner started canning some of their brews. And I'm a big fan of that. Um, so they actually have a Hellas in 16 oh, ounce shit. cans that uh, I'm going to crack open tonight. And that shit was $9 a four pack. I'm a big fan of that. Anytime that's get, not bad at all. For Weistefaner... That's I'm I'm expecting big tings out of them, but I'm very very I'm very very um, happy with the particles collide zeta. I want them to keep doing stuff like this and stuff like their um, their black matter coffee stout that they made. Which I think if you like the full grown man child, I think you're you would really really enjoy. Uh, Black Matter from Manhattan Project. It's a coffee stat. It's like six and a half, seven percent. I don't even think it's that. I think it's six and a half, six percent, something like that. Oh um, shit! But it's really, really, really good. I I uh, paired it with a cigar I was smoking one night, and it was just a match made in heaven. That's nice, dude. I I, you know, when you find good, um, cigar pairings with beer. So I'm not a huge beer and cigar pairing person because, quite frankly, cigars over overwhelm most beers. Right. Or if you have IPA, if you're an IPA person, you kind of ruin the cigar by drinking the IPA, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, I haven't found that perfect pairing, but normally the perfect pairing as odd, well, the, one of the more perfect pairings is obviously a stout, right? Porter, like a heavy beer. Um, the, um, the ones that I found have never worked for me are the light beers, Pilsner, that kind of range. And then for sure, IPAs, like I think IPAs ruin cigars. I don't think they add pretty much anything come, to it. Come on over to my place, Frank, you know me. Uh, I've, I've talked about this on the, uh, cigars and crypto podcast with Dante over there. Hazy IPAs and Connecticut leaf cigars. Okay. They I are, guess, they are the best example. I've, I've done of that good and, it, and it works. I agree with you. Um, because they're not the norm. They're, they're not super mm-hmm. high alcohol, so you don't have carbonic acid bite. Um, they're flavorful, and they bring out flavors in each other that are just fucking beautiful. So, I'm, I but I agree. West Coast IPAs can go kick rocks. They need a standalone from cigars altogether. Um, most Pilsners and light beers, Blondales, those fucking kick rocks. I will say wit beers uh, and cigars go nicely together. Um, they don't really there. I'm with you though. Like if you're going to drink cigar or you're going to drink and smoke cigars, just drink whiskey or drink, uh, uh, like a mixed drink and just mm-hmm. keep them separated. Uh, enjoy them separate, but don't try to make them you fit together. Keep them separated. Yeah. Da, 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 da. 
five called? That's a uh, fucking the offspring. The offspring, yeah, yeah. And they didn't that have too many. That was before their pretty fucking, fly for a white guy. Pretty fly for a white guy. Yeah, yeah they didn't have you any know, problematic songs. The offspring. I mean, they had plenty in front. Fucking their 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 uh, discography is just lousy with fucking songs that will not fly in 2009, no. much less 2022. No doubt. God damn it. No doubt. And, uh, you know, they're one of those bands that stays in that era and they'll, they're, they're not going to be, they're going to play several Addison uh, food and wine festivals over the years. They're going to, they have their, but they're also, they're not going to be pushed uh, into a new generation. You know, like no, no dad is going to be sitting and be like, let me show you pretty fly for a white guy. Let me show you the video. And then, (laughs) you know, like all the shit that happens in that video, that video for a while wouldn't even be played on, on MTV. MTV, Remember like until people protested TRL to play the fucking video. I mean, they they were playing and then they like, cut the video yeah oh like, yeah well the trl would always play like 30 seconds of a fucking mm-hmm. video if it was in the five through eight slot of uh of the top 10 yeah oh god trl god. was the shit man like you would come home you're like and it's it was a top 10 every day every day like, <laughs> yeah dude i the as a kid i was just like wonder what's gonna happen next now as an adult i'm like why the fuck why why did i spend even the little time that I spent watching TRL, like what, what was I doing? Couldn't I have been doing something more, more efficient? I mean, I also, I was pirating music in the background. So I guess that was, I was multitasking at a young age, but still, you know, oh my God. So, um, I think the weirdest thing about that whole scene was that people would go to times square and line up for the whole day like it was the fucking ball drop yeah right and some people would be like in the middle of the summer right like so let's say in sync was coming to town or the backstreet boys whatever these chicks would be passing out in the middle of times square because it was so hot out there and all they wanted was for nick lachey or fucking justin timberlake to turn around Go to the window and wave at them. Uh, fucking mental. Like, well, I was gonna say you're you, talking if, about if you you're talking about the just, K-pop people were crazy. You didn't see the white chicks in Times Square. Well, and you're that not shit even was dumb. You're not even talking about you're. They were lining up not to see TRL, not to be part of the studio audience, but to be on the street outside the studio, to be in the background behind glass, to be on TRL. Like the, I, it, lunacy. It's fucking lunacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fucking. The nineties so, were a weird time. It, the nineties were a weird time, but I think late nineties might have given us one of. Well, was it the late nineties? Let me look this up before I make this statement because, Uh-oh. um, you know, you you, you want to be sure that you're historically accurate with a guy like Troy in our midst. Oh, hysterically accurate. Yeah, hysterically. Well, actually, uh, fact checker says early two thousands. Okay. Um. Early 2000s probably gave us one of uh, the best method acting roles of all time. Method Man. Um, played by the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger um, in Daddy Daycare. Because let me tell you. Wait, he was in Daddy Daycare? He was the Daddy Daycare. 
What? Yeah. Okay. So go uh, on. N- well, fuck it. No, he wasn't. I was God gonna say it, it was Eddie Murphy. Fucking a, Frank. Wow. In hold any up. case, Eddie hold Murphy up. with the best method acting. You role got ever. Eddie Murphy and Arnold Schwarzenegger confused? <laughs> no, because okay, Daddy Day carries Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Kindergarten Cop. Was it Kindergarten Cop? I think that was the only young kid movie that he was a part of. I don't think so. Unless you're talking about Three Men and a Baby. That was not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or look, yeah, yeah, you're right. Kindergarten Cop. But in any case. Also, um, great movie. Yeah, there was was an actual transition built in here. Sorry. You know, I should have probably looked up. In looking up the year, I probably should have changed it to Eddie Murphy (laughs) because he was right on the fucking front page. But in in, in any case. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, the background actor in this movie. What? Daddy Daycare, right? Um, So as of what yesterday yeah it is it is just me and the baby at the house for the next 12 weeks Uh uh-huh um and god bless single parents you're on day two my friend (laughs) i huh you're on day two no no i I, i'm not i'm not like exhausted right like I, i i can handle it but i'm saying i can't imagine it's not the day it's that 6 7 p.m you're done Mm-hmm. And you have no one to relieve you of that duty. Yep. That is when you realize how difficult it must be to be a single parent. Because yeah. today, today was difficult. So my, my daughter doesn't nap during the day, but she sleeps all night. Right. So I know a lot of a lot of people have the opposite. Right. So I'm blessed with that. She doesn't nap during the day. She sleeps the whole night. But when she's up, she's up and you have to be doing stuff because otherwise she starts getting fussy and mm-hmm. yelling and crying and so you're constantly entertaining her. You're also trying to follow somewhat of a schedule with feeding and everything. And we stick pretty close within 15, 20 minutes of it. But you also have to remember at the first year to 18 months of their lives, they can't watch TV. Oh, they yeah, can't they're... do. There's nothing you can do to entertain them for 20 minutes yeah. while you do something. Yeah, there's right? no visual stimulus- stimulation. No. So they become part of whatever you're doing. And it can sometimes be more work, right? So like the past two days, I've been cooking with her strapped to me, right? <laughs> and while it's fine, um, it is very difficult because you're sitting here with your hands yeah. like stretched out you're, in front of you trying is... to make sure you're not bopping her against the head with a fucking <laughs> chef's knife. Yeah, your arms um, are only so long and you oh, you know how to cook at this spot. Yeah, not at and then the, dumb, the, the, dumbest, the dumbest shit is like, you forget that onions get eyes watery. Right? Oh Christ! Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> so know I'm what what is onions, happening. All I'm all I'm hearing below me is just, and I'm like, oh shit, it's the onions. So I put a fucking handkerchief over the whole bit <laughs> so that she doesn't get the onion smell. And I put, I put her away from the stove as I'm cooking the onions. And obviously, you can't prevent the onion smell from going. Yeah. And as soon as it get, the onion smell goes around the room, you hear her in the corner like. <laughs> Is she like starting to sneeze from all the onions? Jesus Christ. So but in any case, you know, like it's been fun. I've I've had a great two days, but yeah, I, by by about six PM, seven PM every day, you you can fully understand how difficult it must be to be a single parent. Because you, you can re, you can reach everybody can recharge for you know the nine to five with a baby. I don't yeah. think that's the difficult part. It's that Final three hour, three and a half hour stretch where you're tired, 
you don't want to be doing shit for him, but you have to do shit for him. That's when you're like, all right, this is parenting. Like the, re- the rest of it is 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 still parenting, obviously, but you kind of have enough energy for that part. Yeah. It's that final fucking three to four hours that you're just like, oh god damn it. Just go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I this is this is too much. You will yeah. You'll also you'll also stretch. Like you'll get to the point where the the you know five to seven isn't the toughest part. It's the six to seven, and you'll yeah. stretch further and be like, ah, you'll you'll be able to handle the whole day. And then it'll be like n- night feeding though. That ain't it. I can't do that anymore. It, like whatever it is, you'll you'll figure out how to adapt to it. And that's that's a yeah. I I think I think you naturally like your mind puts you in a state where you have to do that. But I I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody can can adapt to 24/7. No, fuck no. That that's the part that I'm like I don't know how single parents do it. I do, I have no idea. I I would never be able to fucking do it. Like no. never in my life would I be able to raise a kid alone? It would. I would. I would off myself. No I, doubt about I, it. I don't know how. Like my my mom at I'd one point. myself in the bathtub. <laughs> my mom at one point was uh, well, Francois in the bathtub, and there's a there's iron a toaster. <laughs> We don't. He bought a toaster. We didn't even yeah, have a toaster. Did he, who did he put? And he put an extension cord in <laughs> several. <laughs> he he. Oh well. He shoved. <laughs> here's what he did. He shoved a a, a a set of sheets into the sink. Okay. Turned the sink on. <laughs> and, and he just sat he and waited. It's like a ticking time bomb. Yeah. He's like a only matter of time. Only a matter of time. Yeah, um, that's funny. It's a it's a throwback to when Frank tried to flood his house a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, no, that did happen. That um, did occur. No, yeah, I like didn't my, try to. I actually successfully flooded. My, <laughs> my mom at one point in the late eighties, early nineties, was taking care of two teenagers in high school. Well, I mean, a teenager in high school and a and a teenager in college, and a newborn baby. Twenty four seven. Uh, when my dad was on the road, like, you know, six days of the week, I, like, I don't know how the fuck in the nineties when there wasn't like internet there wasn't shit that you can just turn yeah. on for a fucking toddler to go, you know, occupy yourself with. No, I mean, it, the equivalent of the internet in the nineties was go outside. Yeah. A highlights <laughs> magazine that had already been marked on like 15 by 15 different yeah, generations, a coloring book and go outside a coloring book with half the pages, all the shitty coloring pages left. Oh my uh, God. You know, what was the most annoying thing is libraries that would check out coloring books. I didn't know. I, I didn't know your that libraries life. didn't do that. No. Dude, we had two or three school libraries by us that would let you come check out coloring books Go fuck and yourself. What are you doing with those? Precisely. And it, inevitably, someone would check out the book, and their two-year-old brother got a hold of it and right. just went fucking ham with yeah. a crayon all over it. Yeah. <clears throat> Coloring books, man. That that shit was fun. It was good. <laughs> we got to the but point now, of the podcast where we're doing coloring books. That was fun. Is what no, kids said. nowadays? Kids nowadays don't have that. Have you seen like all this shit is on apps now? Oh no! I mean, we still, dude. Oh, you should come to the house. We got some color. No, I, coloring I know books you days. do. I know oh, okay. you do. But I, I for the first time when I went to Dominican, I saw a color by numbers app, and these oh, kids yeah. aren't coloring. They're no, just they're taking touching. their finger. And color by number, it's like, oh, come on. Some of them are like... fucking cheating. Some of them are like MS Paint paint Bucket. Like, you just pick the color, and you just tap mm-hmm. the, the closed box, and it just auto-fills yep. everything in. Which, like, honestly... It's kind of cheating. It is kind of cheating, but at the same time, 
It's a little satisfying. It's a little satisfying if you just knock it out and like you can zoom, pinch to zoom. And so you do these little small boxes and you do bigger <laughs> oh boxes. God, I, okay, they're called like, was it man, Mangala uh, paintings? They're no, I, I yeah, yeah, it's, it's color so, matching paintings or whatever. Well, no, 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 like uh, it's a style of uh, it's like mosaic, but for like um, basically color pencil, crayon, and, and marker. Yeah, they there is there are adult coloring books full of them, and they're meant to like de stress and de like just kind of calm you down. They are nice to color in. I will say that, Frank. And at some point in time, uh, as your your daughter gets older, there'll be a time when you're like, hey, here's a coloring book for you. Dad needs a coloring book, too, because I want to participate. So might I suggest this book called Color Me Drunk, okay? <laughs> it's full of coloring pages for adults uh, with fun activities like create your own wine label, draw your own beer label, try to recreate this when you're intoxicated. So yes, some of the activities are for after hours time, um, but some of them could be for like uh, when, when you want to sit in color with the little one. And it's, it's very nice. Uh, I would suggest getting you, getting you a nice set of uh, uh, like nice markers. Like there is something very satisfying about a good art set that is strictly for adults because kiddos don't really have the appreciation and because a lot of the good art sets are soft tips on a lot of their uh, markers, crayons, and colored pencils. Just get you a nice set of, nice set of uh, colors and uh, relax, chill, and no, enjoy. I, I, I guess maybe I do enjoy doing like drawings and stuff, but I, I, th- I think maybe I enjoy cooking more as a relaxing activity. I don't know, but teach their own. I, I've got no, no judgment. I, I oh. know a lot of people who are really good and love art and oh, yeah. I love art. I'm just not a person who goes and makes art when I try to relax. Like to me, that's stressful brains working. It, it sounds <laughs> like it's stressful for you. Well, that's the thing. You're not creating th- I mean, creating a beer label is very different than fucking sitting down with a canvas and going to town with some oil. Yeah, no. Okay. So like, I, I get pastels. that. I, I, I'll say I, I get active enjoyment out of, um, I've taken over the wine social media and i like enjoy coming up with those ideas and doing that to me. That's like, I'm not, good at it well frank fun. you are able to flex your dad joke muscle on social media and i feel like you you might have found your calling in that aspect it's it's incredibly satisfying brian i mean the amount of just laughter i get i, while I know making said post i so know i can today, only imagine today's post was timed with a five minute delay okay so maybe two three four five i don't know whoever experienced that delay mm-hmm. but there was a joke and then five minutes later the punchline and as i was creating that last night i was laughing my ass off like for five minutes someone is going to be sitting there like what the fuck and and the punchline just under delivered (laughs) 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 totally under delivered (laughs) you guys (laughs) absolutely fantastic the the one that i enjoyed the most was totally stolen um, as are most of these jokes. Was it the one last uh, Friday? No, oh, okay. not that. That was a good one. You too, were very excited about that. <laughs> that one very. was very good. But but the the joke uh, I want to say it was about a week and a bit ago. Um, <clears throat> there's two wine glasses, 
that both have band-aids on their forehead, right? It's like a drawing of two wine glasses with band-aids on their forehead. And and the one wine glass says to the other, they call it cheersing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's fucking fantastic. I, good. I love how happy that makes you. It's too good. Really it's just do. like someone sat there and thought of this whole concept. Not only did it, then drew it, right? In, in the most perfect way. Like a fucking... A uh, 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 bump on the forehead with a bandaid over it. They call it cheersing. <laughs> just no, sorry. I think it's it's just they call it cheers. It's I, too good. So if you like those cute little drawings, and uh, you might want to have some like educational bits thrown in, I encourage you to go check out Pints and Panels. Okay, uh, oh, okay. it's an artist on Twitter and Instagram. Um, they have they have a book coming out in April, which I've already pre-ordered. Pints and Panels. Panels, panels. Oh, panels, not panels. I don't. We're not going to get into that again. Uh, Pints and I do like. I like his uh, his uh, uh, adult swim type vibe to the the drawings and writing, and it's great. Oh yeah. So uh, she does. She has. I have some of her art at my office actually, and my favorite of hers is the one that says palette, 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 and it's the three different spellings of palette. One with a mouth, one with like a palette where shit is stacked on, and one is a palette for painting. And Mm -hmm. it is a constant reminder to me that I do not know how to spell either of the, like any of those three things, and I always fuck it up. So, yes, it's there as art by my desk, but at the same time, it's there as a reminder when I'm typing to make sure I use the right palette. Um, She also. This is great. Like, yeah, she's good. She, She is really good, and. Uh, she actually does stuff for the certified Cicerone program. Okay. Uh, so she has a beer and food pairings. She also has style comparisons, which I have one of her panels on stout versus Porter, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also has off flavors. So I have a poster, uh, uh, an eight by 10 of her off flavors, which are really helpful because it has the name of the off flavor and then it has the practical like descriptor. So, uh, it's really, really Fucking cool. I like I like the work that she does. And she's a fucking nice person. She yep. is a good human being. So if you ever want like if you ever want a caricature of yourself or like you you know, your portrait done in her style of art, it's like a couple bucks throw it her way and she knocks it out and sends you a digital copy. So uh, you can have that at that That's not bad. Cartoony yeah. style. It's pretty sweet, man. Is it an NFT though? No, it's it's art. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. okay. I, I only buy NFTs. Oh, okay. Well, you um, are a white male, and as as we know, we trade in NFTs and cryptocurrency. NFTs, that's right. If it's something that other people might, can't, as, might as well be a Boy Scout trying to get to camp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm sorry. We're we're not holding car washes anymore. Um, Dale has uh, right click saved as a bunch of pictures uh, on a flash drive. You can buy them from. You're him. welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we went and found the old school Coca-Cola symbol with the Nazi swastika in it. You can buy that if you would like. Uh, it's an NFT now. So, so <clears throat> okay. So funny enough, right? Do you, do you know Kai Rizdal? Kai Rizdal. I don't know why that name sounds he's familiar. The, he's the guy on NPR that gives the daily market report. Is he? 
No, no. Hold, no. hold on. He is, he is not that. Very, very much not that. Okay, all right. Good Lord. Whenever that happens, I turn that off. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's so disgusting. No, Kai Rizdal's not that. Um, he does Market Watch every day for NPR. But um, he uh, he's very, like, short, but kind of sometimes funny on Twitter. He also drinks a lot of IPAs. Okay. So today, about this is three hours ago, he goes, the plague comes again. So ev evidently someone in his family or him tested positive for COVID, right? His son responds. Oh, no. In, in the comment section. Why is your first instinct to update Twitter before you update your family? <laughs> and then down below... <laughs> One of the people in the comments, David Hobby, I don't know who the fuck that is, reporter from the Baltimore Sun, former reporter, never mm -hmm. heard of him. Yeah. Um, he he posts the uh, the Peter Griffin uh, meme uh, or GIF that says "tough but fair." <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, it's too good. It's too oh good. God, that's just like calling out your own dad who has fucking a shit ton of followers on Twitter. <laughs> 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 oh, that should crack me up. <laughs> Holy fuck. Wow. Um real quick, not to take it down a dark path, but I'm I'm gonna take it down a dark path. So <clears throat> Mrs. Brian is a teacher in Denton ISD, right? Here in I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Denton ISD here in North Texas. Yeah, please get it right. Yeah. Um Denton ISD, Independent School District, has uh do you want to take a guess how many teachers are out with positive COVID cases at the moment? Well, can can we start with how many people, how many teachers are in the district? Over 1,200. Okay, so I'm going to go with 450. Almost double that. <laughs> There's what? 700, over 700 cases. <laughs> and how, how, are, how are they open? We don't know. So uh, what we've experienced uh, this week is people coming back to work against their will. Um, like still positive, still with symptoms forced to come back to work. Now you may think to yourself, wouldn't it make sense to close down the district, right? Yeah, no, it would because several districts in the area have closed down for like a week. Um, Louisville ISD, you know, a giant fucking school district, uh, decided to close when they had 400 uh, teachers out. I mean, but it, you have more than two thirds almost of your staff staff out like what, yeah. what's the teaching staff what's the solution there so they that's fucking odd they've run out of uh subs <laughs> all the subs in the area are reporting as as they can uh admin are covering some classes they're combining classes they have teachers who in their off periods so are instead, covering instead classes. of you know just delaying school yeah. While these teachers get back, they're just wasting everybody's time. Yes. Yes. 100%. Oh, also today, I just want to point out that my kids school, my daughter's school and my wife's school, which are in the same parking lot they're middle school and elementary school in the same parking lot. Um, <laughs> they're doing some construction on the housing development on the North side of their school and they cut a fiber line, oh, which sweet. meant so they had no, they had no telephone or no internet. And, uh, because Denton ISD decided to go to all online learning for no matter what, like even on campus learning, uh, about four years ago, uh, when they lost internet, they had no way of fucking teaching. teaching. Yeah. D anything. Um, and then you're like, Oh, well, okay. Maybe you could print some stuff out, some worksheets out. Yeah. No, in that, um, changeover to a uh, digital, uh, learning environment, they reduced every school down to how many printers do you think they have, Frank? 
How many printers do you think they have in a school of more than like 1,500 kids? You know, I'm going to be very annoyed by this answer. Yeah, you are. Because even I see value in penmanship. And I, I didn't when I was in school. You but know, now like, you do because you see other <clears throat> mouth breathers writing shit down. You're like, good lord! Because I've seen people write. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so you don't have kids practice writing shit anymore because, and I understand the the school district saves a shit ton of money mm-hmm. by not printing stuff mm-hmm. like a shit ton. Those fucking five cent sheets add up very quick. Oh yeah. But. God damn it. I'd be surprised if there's more than three. Frank, there's one. And it's not a printer copier. It is a like laser is printer. It one of those tower? Oh, it's not even a tower printer? No, it's just a like a little um, bit step up from residential grade laser printer. Like something that you would have honestly, in the home office. Honestly, that's, that's not surprising, but it is. I, we are going to, uh, at some point, we're going to figure out that was a bad decision. Short-sighted doesn't even really... No, because how can you teach a kid to write if they're just writing on an iPad? Yeah. Or Well, there's no there's no haptic feedback there. Here's this. Uh, also... And have you, have you ever... Have you, have you ever seen someone who writes well in real life write well on an iPad? No. Okay. There's no resistance on an iPad. Well, let's just... I mean, you're, so, you're going in the... Is the ACT written portion now on iPads? Well, uh, actually, funny you mentioned that the SAT is... They announced this week that the SAT will be all electronic and they're allowing people to use computer or uh, calculators. But, Frank, you're missing the... You're oh, missing, they're allowing calculators now? Yeah. What? Yeah, which... Uh, I had a calculator when I took the ACT, but... I mean, whatever. No, but they took it away after the math portion. Well, yeah, because what the fuck am I going to... I mean, I... This, I, I, mean, yeah, I, mean, I mean, trust me, I went to college. I know what's up. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, no, the other thing that you're missing with when it comes to the printers is something that uh, Mrs. Bryan has to do, um, which is print out legal documentation for her students. And when she is uh, relegated to only a ream of paper every year that she is allotted... <laughs> She can't do her fucking job. <laughs> 500 yeah. sheets. 500 sheets. Each kid requires minimum 200 sheets of paper throughout the year, and she has a caseload of 30 students at this point. So uh, right there, that's 6,000 pieces of paper. We're not even 10% of what she needs to use legally. That's her allotment every year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those, those papers also count as clicks to the printer. So she's not supposed to have more than 500 clicks through the printer every year. And that goes for every teacher within the, within the, so how do they get by? They print at home. No, they just say, fuck you and print their shit at school. (laughs) I would a hundred percent. Like just go GFY, go fuck yourself. If you're not, yeah. If if you're out of compliance, I'll just report that. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, you want me to not do my fucking job? Cool. Let me know how how you handle the government. Like how did, how did, how did we get to a point now, I, I, I know it's a rhetorical question, but we are prioritizing football stadiums over paper. Yep. Yeah. Paper. Like, literally, the one thing your mom got at the end of the year, you know, through elementary school was, oh, these are the big assignments we did. This is what Brian did at school. Here's his folder. We've kept it the whole year. You know, you, you have your work folder. and. Yep. That taught you to keep things organized and it taught you to take pride in your work and all that shit. 
Now it's just a file you submit through an online thing and it goes off to something and it gets graded automatically. And so I will say it's so fucking impersonal. <clears throat> like that's that's some shit that I can understand doing in college, but at the uh, elementary school level, there is no learning from that. Well, I will say this. <clears throat> elementary school still does a lot of shit on paper because my daughter comes back with so much paper every day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that while I agree there is some impersonality to it, I also see that there is I'm getting a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. We don't have a refrigerator big enough for the stuff that we're getting, you know what I mean? Uh, so there is a crossover that happens and I feel like that middle school I would school, like to know when they're when they drop the paper. I think is it's it middle school. I think it's middle school. school. I think it's middle okay. school. Um and, and I, I think middle school I can kind of understand because we started getting a lot less paper in middle school too. Yeah. Well, the, um, I mean the issue is when you run into shit like now where you don't have the internet um mm-hmm. you don't have the ability to complete and assignments. you're dealing with a bunch of kids who don't want to be there anyways <clears throat> or a bunch of kids who are fucking sick that too and who are sent yeah. to school because their parents can't afford to stay at home with them so they send them to school and they're like hey fucking take this tylenol don't run a fever and uh don't don't sniffle or sneeze wear your mask all day for the first time all fucking year uh, yeah. so you can okay. sniffle oh, behind yeah. the mask <laughs> I see you're wearing the mask. <laughs> cool. Interesting. Don't go near you. Can Thanks, you, bud. can you pull that mask down for a second? Yeah. Because you're wearing it as a chin strap anyway. So let's say, yeah, yeah. You know, your, your nose is running like a goddamn fountain right now. This is just wild. Yeah, no, uh, everything's fucked. Everything is fucked in this world, but you know, what's not fucked in this world. This vice to funner Hellas that I got, uh, in the, it's a weird, it's a weird style can. I mean, they do shit different over in, in Germany town. Uh, it is taller and thinner, and I think it's the exact same volume <laughs> as a 16-ounce can. But they use the old... Well, no, because 16-ounce can is six, er, is 16 ounces or a, a pint. And this Weistefaner Hellas is 1.9 fluid ounces. So, whew, a bargain. You know, because when you buy a four-pack of these... That's, um, quick math tells me three extra ounces, three and over three and a half extra ounces you're getting. So look at that. Anyway, this Vice Defunder Hellas in a can is just beautiful. It's like when I, mm, sometimes I hate when people describe beer in like flowery language, but this one deserves it. Vibrant. Vibrant is the best way that I can describe this beer. Like smelling it, you smell just cereal grains straight up cereal grains it smells amazing there's no like corn that you normally get in like uh in 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 a lager none of that's here and then when you drink it it's just a a bright ass flavor that comes out of here and it's so fucking nice that is really clear I mean, I mean it's a vice stuff on her. They they don't they don't fuck around. Yeah, when Frank yeah. says it's really clear, literally, it's my face is magnified. It. Yeah. It's so wild. How yeah, clear that's a great looking beer. Oh, it's so good, man. If you have the opportunity to pick up vice stuff on her, any vice stuff on her in cans, I highly encourage you to do it. One, the can is like a nice matte finish, so it's fucking dope. Um, but two, it is like this beer has been well protected. In its journey across the mm-hmm. ocean, this this is a fucking great experience. Well, that's good, man. I'm I'm just having another stout, so no no real update on my side. Frank, I, I transitioned uh, from the world being shit and all just being bad all around to being good, 
in the form of beer. You know how that Fair goes. Fair enough. That's a good transition, Brian. It's better than the uh, kindergarten cop uh, daddy daycare that I had earlier. Uh, <laughs> you mixed up gender and like Listen, weight class by everything, decades. Everything. Honestly, it was yeah. wild. It's been a disaster. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to hope to pull it home and, you know, kind of tighten the reins here a little bit. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so kind of a really big story that came out this week that has flown under the radar because of the, and I, I don't, I'm not going to say fairly unfairly. So, um, it's not a finance magazine that published this story. So, um, I don't really think it caught outside of some particular subreddits. It, it caught, um, you know, caught fire the way that I would have thought it would. But it was a big, big story came out this week <clears throat> surrounding crypto. Yeah. And um, crypto, right, has been kind of on a tear throughout last year. And it's been kind of on a the opposite of a tear, mainly a tanking uh, <laughs> since about beginning of December. Right. So it traded at sixty two thousand dollars at some point per Bitcoin. Um, for Bitcoin specifically, obviously, Bitcoin is not all of crypto, but as an example. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, it it is now since I think the last trade today, not last trade, it trades all the time, but right now it's priced at 37.3 um, per coin. So, I mean, you've lost $25,000 per coin in value in an asset that is supposed to be um, stable. Stable in uh, against what, like, it's supposed to counteract inflation, right? Yeah. Now, inflation has taken away some spending power, but has it taken away 40% of your spending power is the real question here. Well. So in, in any case, in any case, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I've made my view on crypto pretty clear on here. But what the story has come out and accused crypto of being, um, not only do I agree with it, and I'll explain kind of what, what they're claiming, but... Um, it's the one part of crypto I've never figured out until I read this story. And I was like, ah, bingo, this guy's got it. <clears throat> so um, before we go into what this story claims, there's a couple of th- like things you need to know about how crypto markets function, right? So in the crypto world, you have you used to be able to take a wire transfer from, from like Bank of America and go buy Bitcoin with it through an exchange, right? Um, most every large bank has cut off those transfers to exchanges, right? So what they want you to do instead is take your money and transfer it to a few specific, they're not exchanges so much as they're brokers. Okay. Right. So it, it operates just like the stock market. So New York Stock Exchange is an exchange, right? It has a set of algorithms that pair buyers and sellers, match them up and do does the transaction, Right. Um, then below that you have brokers that reach out to the exchange and the brokers send an order into a pool of, you know, known orders of the universe and they match based on price or based on order type, whatever. Right. And then the exchange sends back the message to the broker saying we sold this. Okay. Uh, or we bought this based on whatever the, the person in that brokerage firm wanted to do. So crypto is set up the exact same way. Uh, the difference was before you could go and put money directly into an exchange and purchase shares or purchase coins. Uh, banks cut the exchanges off because several of them went bankrupt. 
and just kind of left with the money, right? So they said, no, you need a broker to submit that order. There needs to be like some sort of sense here. So um, in saying all that, right? So uh, the, the, the banks cut off the exchanges from direct funding and in turn made people go through brokers. Now the problem that you have going through a broker is A, transaction costs, but B, um, it's the stability of whatever you put into um, that brokerage account, right? So if you keep it in dollars, you're okay. Um, but if you go buy XYZ coin, right, and you're waiting for the, the transaction to settle, you don't normally have any guarantee that you're going to get um, the end product that you're expecting, right? So let's say I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to buy three Bitcoin. As I'm waiting for that transaction to settle, Bitcoin might move, might move on me um, or, um, you know, XYZ coin that I'm passing through might move on me. Right. Um, and I might buy 1.65 or 1.9 or whatever it might be, right? So in any case, that's all known risk. And what these exchanges have come up with is a um, what they call uh, stable coins, okay? And a stable coin is a coin that one for one uh, tracks the US dollar. So they say this coin will always be worth $1, okay? <laughs> okay. So when I, when I leave Bitcoin, I normally trade it into a stable coin and then cash out of the stable coin because cashing out of Bitcoin alone can take forever, right? Because um, A, I have to find a person to sell it to. Um, B, you know, Bitcoin trades take forever to settle. They're not something that happens instantaneously. So people have been using these stable coins to pass in and out of Bitcoin as though um, it's a stock market. Um, and what if they're, we what if we just call these stable coins uh, uh, Chuck E. Cheese tokens? <laughs> they are. They okay. Are. Okay. So if if you imagine, okay, so that's a good analogy. So if you imagine at Chuck E. Cheese, right, we've got um, <laughs> the ability to take one coin and exchange it for a dollar, mm -hmm. right? And, it, and they promise it'll always be a dollar. But in the back, Chuck E. Cheese is printing a hundred million more Chuck E. Cheese coins, right? But Chuck E. Cheese isn't getting an additional dollar for every coin they print. Yep. Right? So if you had, let's say we had $10, $10 come in, and we had 10 Chuck E. Cheese coins in existence, and now we have 100 Chuck E. Cheese coins, but still only 10 physical dollars, right? We now have each coin actually worth 10 cents, yep. not worth the dollar, yes. right? That is what's physically happening in these these pools, right? So... There's a few stable coins out there that are quite big. Um, the, the, the biggest of which is Tether. Um, Tether on average prints about $6 billion worth of new Tether, Tether coins uh, a, a month. Um, the, the function of Tether is mainly to, um, it's the largest coin on the Ethereum blockchain and it trades in and out of Bitcoin 90% of the time, okay? Now, if we back up a little bit, right? The analogy that I made between Chuck E. Cheese and, 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 and the value of the coins at Chuck E. Cheese. The problem is not that the coins can be traded. The problem is, is 
the coins are not physically um, exchangeable for a monetary value. So as if you keep pumping back and forth between Bitcoin and Tether, it's not an issue. Once Bitcoin tanks and everybody attempts to sell their Tether mm -hmm. and exchange it for US dollars, there is a finite amount of dollars backing those Tether coins. Yep. Okay. Um, not only that, it's the case for any stable coin. So anybody out there who is a crypto nerd and is listening to this right now, their their first response is going to be, but Frank, um, uh, Coinbase has coins and Coinbase gets audited by Grant Thornton um, and they sign off on the stability of that, of that stable coin. Now, um, you're right, they do. Um, I'm also going to remind you that Arthur Anderson signed off on every single accounting uh, statement that Enron put out. Um, so <laughs> Wait I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet my life savings <laughs> on a fucking accounting firm to start with. Hmm. But um, whether or not we want to learn that lesson, let's actually discuss what holdings exist behind these stable coins to keep them liquid. 90% um, of them do start with cash. So they, they, they mint a certain amount of coins and inevitably that's the amount that they minted and and that's the the cash balance right of of the fucking reserves that they keep mm -hmm. the problem is as the coin grows um and as the transaction volume in the coin grows you need to mint more coins and in minting more coins you need to go find some level of liquidity to back it up cash or what a lot of these folks do. Oh no! Don't say other fucking cryptocurrencies. <laughs> no, no. They well, well. I'm sure there are some. There yeah. will be someone doing that, but um, they back it up with what they call cash equivalents, right? So in <laughs> in the U.S. at least, these stable coins. That's what they do. The other ones, they're not backed up. Right. So there's a tether is not backed up by anything else. It is literally the original amount of cash, and they've printed billions of dollars of fake U.S. dollars. So, um. Cash equivalents is is the thing that I really want to discuss here because apparently people seem to think that um, cash equivalents are cash, and I think two thousand and eight taught us plenty um, <laughs> in that they are not cash. Yeah. So, um, if you think about what happens in the event that Bitcoin tanks, um, you are talking about a day. Um, okay, so so let's first quickly talk about crypto markets. They're a foreign currency market. They trade 24 seven. They are being backed up by markets that do not trade 24 seven. So unless you have cash, you have nothing. Okay. So the U S bond market trades literally for eight hours a day. That's it. The rest of the time you cannot sell a U.S. bond. Okay. You cannot redeem a, a corporate bond. It happens during a window. Same thing for municipal bonds, same things for corporate bonds. Whatever you want to claim is a cash equivalent, which it is as near to cash as you can get without holding currency. Um, they don't trade in the same windows that your fucking crypto market trades. So let's, for instance, which is the scenario that I believe will happen probably this year, um, but Bitcoin takes the shit, right, on a fucking Friday night. Okay. And it perpetuates because now you're starting to... Um, hit people's margin accounts. You're starting to hit um, people's ability. Like if yesterday I had the ability to buy a fucking mansion and today I can just buy a house, unless I truly, you know, am so bought into this 
fucking crypto world as being the future, I'm going to say, okay, I'm cool with just my little house and I'm going to sell, right? So as, as the fucking dominoes start falling and more and more people sell, those people are going to want to cash out. Their easiest way to get to, to dollar equivalent coins is to sell into Tether or to sell into uh, Coinbase coins or whatever, right? Chucky now they're going to sit with these coins mm -hmm. in their accounts. <clears throat> and Coinbase is going to go, holy shit, we've got a shit ton of redemptions. Uh, we have $6 billion in cash and whatever, $46 billion in cash equivalents. Yeah. <laughs> um, now they're going to go run to that market. But it's not only them. It's going to be them. It's going to be the fucking Robin Hoods of the world. It's going to be all these other fuckers who also need to sell mm -hmm. their cash equivalents. What does that do to that market? Supply is infinite. Demand is, I'm, I'm, I guess I'll give you 50 cents for it. Um, so you're going to freeze that market. Um, whatever you do get paid will be a pittance of what you thought you would get paid, right? Because that's how markets function. This isn't a, a surprise, right? What happened in 2008 when everybody had to sell their house? They got a tenth of they what got, some of these houses yeah, were they worth. Got fuck all. Exactly. It wasn't because the house wasn't worth anything. It was because the cash buyer sat sat back and said, "How badly do you need out of this?" Right. That's the problem. So, when you have a market that is so fraught with un unbacked currency right, that they created out of thin air, um, that they then try to adjust and say, oh, but we have dollar equivalents behind this, um, which quite frankly, even if they did, they wouldn't be able to keep up with the amount of equivalents necessary to pay out. They, they, you, you can't mint as quickly as they mint and, um, you know, secure uh, dollar equivalent financing for it. So, the whole picture is Bitcoin's at 37,000. A significant amount of that is literally fake. And uh, it's, it's made up money that people will never realize unless they cash out now. Um, because once this thing hits the door, everybody's going to want to cash out at the same time. And someone, a significant amount of people, are going to be left holding the bag. That's how it's going to work. Um, and that's the premise of the story. So the article is titled, All of Crypto is a, is a Ponzi Scheme. And right. it 100% is. Um, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, if you are in crypto, take your gains and move on. I would not, I cannot, in good, first off, in good conscience, I've never told anybody to go buy crypto. No. But, if if you if you understand how markets work and you understand that this is not the Federal Reserve Bank of fucking crypto, um, they they operate as such as though they can just print U.S. dollars um, on demand, but they cannot. So Coinbase has a significant long-term liability out there in terms of their U.S. dollar coin. That whenever the time comes and that thing implodes they will not be able to pay back everybody that is owed money through that coin. It yep. is physically impossible unless you back it up by cash one for one. Um, cause, cause the only reason you would ever need to 
so rapidly pay out is in a black is in a rush. Yeah. It's when things go wrong. And in crypto, it's only a matter of time. I, you know what? <clears throat> so Mrs. Brian, every now and then she'll just walk by and I feel like it's just a litmus test to see how white and male I am. Uh, of like she'll say some shit about crypto and then be like, huh? And look at me like, eh? Are you going to Joe Rogan on me right now? And I've never, I've never under, I mean, I, I've understood the general concept of cryptocurrency. Uh, it was tempting in 2013 when I was mm-hmm. like, well, I could put in like $50 in, in Bitcoin and like buy almost like a one-to-one equivalent uh, to the dollar and be like, oh, cool. I can now go buy this laptop off of Dell.com for, you know, 800 crypto or 800 Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of neat. But then I was like, ah, eh, that's <clears throat> silly. I right, fuck that. No, I'd never do that. And because there was yeah, a bunch of hurdles. Like an extra step to just yeah. do a transaction. Yeah, there's a bunch of hurdles to life. jump through. Get the hell out of here. Uh, so it never, that, that part of it never really made sense to me. And then as I heard more and more people talk about crypto, the first inclination that I got, like my gut instinct, uh, was like, this is a fucking pyramid scheme. You're only Mm -hmm. getting me into this because you like the more people who buy into this, like the, the, the people who have the most to gain, gain the most. And imagine, imagine a artificial, supply crunch yeah that's created by an exchange who's printing coins and just exchanging no Bitcoin cost. between yeah. their fake us dollar coins yeah because that's what's happening it's literally monopoly money that you're fucking playing with and you're saying my monopoly money is worth more than your mm-hmm. monopoly money and all of our monopoly money together can really disrupt the federal reserve and at which point, yeah, you're and, just like, and, but that's that's the that's the funniest part. The, the the funniest component is their hatred for the Fed. Yes, and um, I think the part that always shocks me is how Bitcoin is essentially one really long, really extended lesson to libertarians about why financial laws and the Fed exist. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> almost like. Fucking COVID-19 is a really long, really deadly example as to why social services need to exist in this country. It's exactly. It's uh, to me that like, <laughs> I always find it funny how the self owns in crypto are just a matter of time. I, 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 I understand there are people who made a ton of money and cashed out in crypto. I get it. Those people. Congratulations. There's always yeah. someone who makes money off of a fucking pyramid Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Before it becomes a, before it is classified as such. Yeah. And I have no issue with that. Right. I'm just a person who, unless I really understand an investment, I do not put money into it. And crypto to me, to your point, I, I we have talked about it forever. <clears throat> I, I have I never, remember, ever, I remember you and Derek ever, getting into an argument in like 2012 at my apartment yeah. in Louisville about it. And I remember looking at our buddy Andy going, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Do you? And he was like, nah, let's just go get drunk. I'm like, All right, it sounds like a good idea. But it, it's, it's not, it, I have never not believed in the value of peer to peer transactions. Right. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is, that there is some need for a third-party currency that cannot print its own money. Yes. Okay. So it's it's the, to the, the reason the reason that the inflation protection or hedge of Bitcoin is so fucking funny is Bitcoin is denominated in 
U.S. dollars, Canadian dollars, right? It's not a foreign currency hedge. If, if, if you honestly think that you buying Bitcoin is, you know, in some capacity protecting you from inflationary effects in the U.S., dude, Bitcoin is a fucking bar stool sitting at West Elm. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, and if tomorrow no one had $50 to buy that bar stool, guess what's happening to the price of that bar stool? <laughs> it is fuck all. Yeah. So uh, here's here, uh, would would I be incorrect in saying this, Frank? Uh, to our Chuck E. Cheese co- token analogy, uh, like analogy, you buy your ten t- Chuck E. Cheese tokens with ten dollars. Chuck E. Cheese then says, "Thank you very much for buying your Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Your Chuck E. Cheese tokens will always be worth ten dollars. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And then when it comes time to ch- cash those out." Uh, via the machines that Chuck E. Cheese owns. Yeah, everybody does a run on Chuck E. Cheese. And Chuck E. Cheese goes, you know what? That motorcycle game you want to play is now five tokens. You're like, fuck you, Chuck E. Cheese. That shit was only one token when I bought this. Like, yeah, I know. The value of your token has gone up a lot. But it's the inverse in this case because now yeah, you're trying so- to cash out of it. You're not getting what you thought you were going to get out of that Chuck E. Cheese token. But so, Okay, it is accurate in that that does happen. But... The the I want to make clear the the intent of Tether yeah and Coinbase coins and all these things is to bypass the requirement that banks used to have to where you deposited money to mm. buy Bitcoin mm. right so it, it it took days to settle those transactions it slowed markets down okay and. On the inverse, it also protected those markets because people had to go from Bitcoin to dollars to the next coin to dollars to the next coin to dollars, right? Yeah, I remember. Or they could do Bitcoin to another coin that was a real coin to another coin. Bitcoin's not the issue, by the way. I don't have a problem with Bitcoin. If you want to go pay some exorbitant amount of money for a fucking digital string of numbers, go do it. Um, I and it's called blockchain. Okay, but I'm not trying to like shit on it. I'm just saying. (laughs) It, until Bitcoin proves transactional efficiency to the levels of a Visa or a MasterCard, they prove out um, less price manipulation uh, or zero price manipulation. Um, they have uh, uh, protections against laundering. They they right. enforce know your customer rules across the board. There's a lot of shit they need to get through before I'm going to take them seriously as a currency. You can go buy the shit. I don't give a shit. Um I'd rather go buy some land somewhere with an equivalent amount of money uh, because it's real and I can go take a piss on it. Um, so, <laughs> like how that's your your barrier to if, entry. But can I pee we, on yeah, it? I can I can pop a tent on the land and have a good time. Um, I, I could both pop a tent and put up a tent. I don't I don't know. I yeah. It, 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 we understood. We didn't need the second. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, we got um, it. We all got so it. if if. If you're truly that into crypto and you 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 you're bought into it, I'm not going to try to unconvince you. That's not my job. I'm telling you, the market is broken. If you believe in the market of crypto, it's fucking broken, and it's not broken at a small level. And all these people come back and they're like, "Yeah, well, you know, that's the same way stocks work." No, um, options can impact stocks in a similar way. But you know how they keep that from happening is the market makers do away with those shares at the end of a settlement period. So they have three days to correct the amount of shares outstanding and the market makers can phantom create shares, but they're not real. 
They're not real shares. They're they're assigning contracts to people that, yes, if everybody at one time came to say we need to deliver on them, you're going to have a similar issue. But no one does because everybody understands how fucking options work. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to be a fucking dildo about it and you (laughs) get 100 million people to go fucking redeem their shares, sure. But you know what doesn't happen? People don't go and play the same fucking string of numbers in Powerball 50 million times as a group, right, of (laughs) 30 million people and then once the powerball is like holy shit we got to pay out 30 million tickets we're fucked because there's at least a million dollars there for everybody you know you you can in theory collapse all this shit but uh likelihood of it less than one tenth of one percent now crypto on the other hand guaranteed to collapse why because they don't have a currency issuing authority behind any of these coins so if they're creating a hundred million coins, but they've only really got dollars for fifty million of them, guess what? Everybody should be expecting to only get half of their money back. And I feel like that's a that's generous, the reality of it. I feel like that's a generous reality. No, it's but, but that's everybody should be expecting at a maximum to get half of their money back. Yeah. That, that that's what I want to be very sure people understand here. Like, okay, so Coinbase has. 6 billion of their pool backed up. That pool is, I think, 36 billion. You should be expecting that at one point, Coinbase, Coinbase, if everything goes south in the Coinbase coin, the stable coin, that the absolute maximum you would be able to get paid out, right, is that 6 billion. That's how I would trade it. Now, you can go wish that those cash equivalents are going to pay out at some rate, I'm going to tell you the moment they need to reach into those, those markets are going to be fucked mm-hmm. and and they are going to have to declare insolvency the same way Lehman Brothers did, the same way fucking uh, uh, Bear Stearns did. You, 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 this, this is like what I'm what I am trying to explain here is my fucking wheelhouse, like markets and how they work is what I do. And when I read that story, I understand it's some socialist viewpoint fucking magazine doesn't really matter um when i read it it is grounded in true market analytics it is how markets function the man is not making shit up um and everybody else who was arguing against it was making shit up that's when you know you've struck a fucking chord that all these crypto bros have had in their mind for a while and they've tried to come up with some fucking genius explanation for why this time it's different and Frank was literally on that fucking Reddit page, the fucking story, for about six hours the other night, just just owning bitches. Like, <laughs> listen, if 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 you think you're all of a sudden some uh, PhD uh, uh, monetary policy expert by just trading pr- crypto and watching a few fucking fiat hatred videos out there and Fed Reserve hatred videos out there. Um, d- don't come to the ball game. Like you, you are going to get fucking slaughtered. There is so much here that is nuanced, and and the nuance matters. Yet you all speak about it as though the nuance does not matter. Um, and that that yeah, that's my rant. I, I am so fucking done with cryptocurrency. It's like it's okay. the dumbest fucking thing ever. Because it's, you- it's even dumber than NFTs, by the way. It's even dumber than NFTs. I don't know how right-click save as is worse than crypto, or is not not worse than crypto. But I no, because it's here's, here's NFTs. Sorry, 
NFTs have a value in in confirming ownership of digital media like when watching. it comes to movies oh. no when it comes to movies and and the true the, here's the true way that nft should be used it should be used as a digital receipt for a purchase to then track illegal usage um, illegal usage of said stream well i mean that, that's what that that will make a shit ton of money. Well, that's the same uh, the same thing. Ape that, that's bored or whatever they call it <laughs> is bullshit. Well, it's the same. Uh, it's it, it's essentially selling the method of copyright infringement uh, checks that the was a DCMA has when yeah, it comes it's to co- it's copyright when it comes to um, uh, YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Anytime you use music or video, it pops in an algorithm uh, and that checks through uh, whatever the copyright infringement algorithm is. It, it varies by nationality and by um, continent as well. Because I have videos on my personal Instagram account that can't be viewed in Saudi Arabia or Iran or North Korea. This is the damnedest thing. I, I've those motherfuckers. Uh, but it's because it pinged on their copyright infringement in those locations, and I get to choose. Yeah, sure. No, don't show it in North Korea. Fuck me. I guess uh, nobody in North Korea needs to see a, a video of my daughter dancing around to a Joel Corey song. You got me, motherfuckers. Yeah, and uh, well, well, hold on. So, so let's let's be real about that too, right? Like. It is it is for copyright infringement tracking. It is for illegal distribution tracking. Mm-hmm. It is it it is very valuable for that. Yeah. So no. D, so understanding that that is what NFTs like can be. That's important. And yeah, that that does have a value. What I was going to say, Frank, is for the people who are who are naysaying like your criticism, because I I agree with your criticism. By the way, I always have. And uh, not just because I, I trust you when it comes to financial things like this, because that is, in fact, your wheelhouse, but also because, again, my gut is telling me this is just a giant fucking pyramid scheme. I would encourage you. And I don't like, you know, sometimes we give our recommendations on this podcast. I yeah. like to think that my recommendations for things to watch outside or watch and listen to outside this podcast um, they hold, they should hold weight because I don't give a whole lot of them. Okay. Well, not even but just this that. one, we, we give, we give recommendations as people who enjoy learning things. Right. Like everybody on this podcast enjoys learning shit. So right. if, if someone says, go listen to this, it's interesting. It's most likely going to be interesting. So I've never, I, I have not been disappointed in one, uh, takeaway from this cast when it comes to a recommendation for some pretty much anything yeah quite frankly. so take what frank uh said in this not in, with a grain of salt no 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 no. take take what frank said in the last 30 minutes here and go watch beanie mania okay it is a documentary on hbo and uh it came out last year in 2021 and it interviews the influencers and company insiders of beanie babies distributed by the thai beanie baby company okay or the thai toy company Okay, listen, just just keep what keep Frank's words in the back of your head and then watch this documentary and tell me that there are not so many similarities uh, in how people talk about cryptocurrency now and the way people collect beanie, collected Beanie Babies in the late 90s and early 2000s and also know what Beanie Babies were and know what Beanie Babies are and uh, know what cryptocurrency is as you think of it now and think of what cryptocurrency will be 20 years removed. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's important to if, okay. So 
to the people who are in our boat, it's just like never going to buy it. it. You don't really have to listen. No, like, you do whatever you want. Like you're 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 good. This isn't going to impact you. It might impact you in terms of the fallout because this is now turning into markets that are so big that um, can't have follow on effects right so if 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 the municipal bond market gets impacted significantly or corporate bond market you are talking about kind of a cataclysmic financial event that could impact your retirement account most people don't have like immediate stuff invested in those markets yeah but um you know if that should happen don't sell anything just chill um you know work through it uh, I would, I would mean, as is with anything, have your savings ready for if you know you should lose a job or whatever. That's kind of the, the normal going into something like this. But if if crypto explodes, the the problem is going to be the so people's trust in markets weren't built by like some overnight hey all of a sudden stocks are cool right like <laughs> you've got to remember in the 20s stocks are cool there were so many fake companies that yeah. issued stock certificates that when the bubble burst we had the great depression um this isn't nearly as big right the participation on a on a on a kind of a, a personal front uh, or or family wealth front is not as big as stocks were in the 20s but it is very big in the generation well, at and below us. Well, and also to that point, before you go on, uh, the other thing that can that directly affected people, especially in our part of the country, were those runs on banks, which yep, yep. directly connect to what you're talking about when it comes to going to Coinbase to get out of your cryptocurrency and back into the U.S. Coinbase dollar. Coinbase doesn't have the money to yeah. back it up either. Coinbase is the bank's pre-FDIC when they're like, we don't have that much money here. Okay, you're so hold on. You're skipping ahead. You're sorry. Skipping ahead. I was I so, jumped. I, I chunk. I'm sorry. Okay. So 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 when when you sit there and you're like, okay, um, what's the impact here? The impact isn't so much the wealth that gets wiped out. It's fake anyways. Um, I, I don't really, if, if you bought crypto and you ever thought you were going to sell it for um, $37,000, give me just a second. Oh, okay. Let me pause this real quick. Oh, so, so we're back. Okay. Um, so if, if you, if you bought it and you thought you were going to sell it for 37 grand, uh, maybe sell today to be honest, but um if if you don't sell today, right? Because uh, you can still realize this today. I don't think you're going to be realizing thirty seven thousand from crypto in six months. No. Um, but if if you if you thought you were going to get the thirty seven thousand dollars out or the sixty two, whatever your number is, um, you you are blindly trusting a market, and that's what people did in the twenties, right? So. All of our security laws um, pretty much came from the the stock market crash of 1929. So when, when brokers weren't able to pay out because brokers had personally taken the money that you had put in your account and invested it separately, 
right? And then when you sold your shit, they sold their shit. And when you thought you had a certain amount of cash, they came back to you and they said, oh, no, actually, um, we were invested in this other shit. It also didn't work out. Um, <laughs> so, like, cash equivalency became a thing, right? And reserves became a thing. And um, the the reserve ratio became a thing. Every, banking, right, was essentially defined by these events. Um, and it's not just the 29 crash. It's the crash of... Well, it was the bank run of 1882. Like you're talking about, there's several events that led to this. Right. But you are investing in a market that has none of these protections. So Coinbase does not have to adhere to SD, FDIC rules. They are not insured by FDIC. Okay. SIPIC also, that's the security uh, 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 institution that the insurance uh, protection corporation. So, what what they essentially say is is if you have, um, whatever three hundred thousand dollars worth of Microsoft shares today, and you sell them today at whatever price you sell them, we will guarantee that you receive that price, no matter what it settles at. Right. So if if you're selling into a uh, uh, just a complete shit show market. And they figure out there aren't shares or there aren't buyers for your shares or whatever. SIPIC makes up the difference, right? right? Um, all of that shit doesn't exist in cryptocurrency. And it, 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 I mean, logically serves to assume that those things exist for a fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that um, you should only trust markets where those things are adhered to. And, and those insurances, you know, exist. So, so it, 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 my worry is, is that there's a generation signing up to learn lessons that their grandparents already learned or their grandparents' parents learned. Yep. <laughs> and they're doing it on with, with sort of like this, we're smarter now mm. belief. And mm -hmm. quite frankly, you're never going to be smarter than a crook that can manipulate a, a, a market. It will never happen. Um, what, a, a crook that, yeah, controls the market. <laughs> yeah, no, they control the entire pricing structure of the market. I mean, yeah. if you, if, if Brian, the dumbest thing we did was not to issue a stable coin. You can do that tonight. We can issue a no beer left behind stable coin. We can say it's always worth $1 no matter what. Um, it's not even difficult. We can and, just make wild ass claims like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. All right. It's always going to be worth a dollar. And then, <laughs> All we do to keep it at a dollar is every time someone buys and sells and it's slightly above or below a dollar, we issue more coins to dilute it. Well, that sounds like a great idea. Like it's win-win for us. And you just keep it at a dollar. So that and that's what's happening, right? So it's a tether, tether in and of itself is a that that currency is completely fucked. It is totally, totally fucked. Um, they, they are there. There's actually a, um, a Twitter account called crypto whale, and you can see, um, you can see, yeah, it's called, sorry, it's whale alert. You can see the issuance and transfers of these various, um, uh, stable coins in and out of us dollars in and out of um bitcoin or whatever and 
it is scary the amount of money they're talking about. Like it's not it's ninety percent of this stuff. Well, it's it's the whale, right? So it's a yeah. large amount of money, but yeah, um, ninety. It's in the hundreds of millions of dollars that just get like fucking thrown around. Um, yeah, that's so disturbing. Yeah. Oh, God damn. Yeah, I I think I think what is going on right now is going to turn a lot of the generation at and below us off from markets in general to be to be honest and it's going to be sad because markets are the best way to gain and accumulate wealth um, whether it is the real estate market the stock market the bond market um it, markets move and it's better for your money to gain some level of return than no return um but once people realize how much money they've lost because of dumb decisions and things they should have definitely seen coming um, <laughs> shit that 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 Frank warned them about years ago at this point. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be quite the ride, but yeah, well, really good story. It's, it's on, uh, is it called Jacobin? I think it's Jacobin. Yeah. It's called Jacobin magazine. Um, title of the story is cryptocurrency is a giant Ponzi scheme. I know that's sensationalist and agreed, but uh, kind you know. of <laughs> like, yeah, but it's not, it, I, I would have labeled it the problem with crypto mm. and you know, because if you, I don't know, sensationalist headlines like that serve to not have people read. Yeah. They get turned off from it you, immediately rather than having their minds changed by clicking into it. You actually need to, to read what this, what this analysis is, is, is going through because I I'd say if you go through it, 90% of the shit you're going to read is what we have talked about. Yeah. And not, not, not tonight, like previously the problems with crypto and the reason I'll never invest in it, but it's that last 10% where this guy ties the artificial inflation of um, crypto assets to stable coins that unless you've traded in those markets, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Um, and that's why I didn't understand. I did not understand fully what these stable coins were doing. Um, and also had no idea that people could just issue more. Yeah. <laughs> just he, he, physically. feel like there's yeah, no there way. Now a million more. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that's too funny. All right. Uh, well. Um, fucking Janet Yellen over there. I, I, uh, I thank you for walking us through that because at some, at some point in time, everybody who, most likely everybody who listens to this podcast has been inundated by some dude at work or at the bar who's talking about crypto and you're like, what the fuck is happening? That sounds no, too good to be they're true. They're worse than freaking crossfitters. crossfitters. Oh, goddamn. See? Yeah. We're on the same level there. No. Um, what's your wad? What crypto are you into? Same thing. Um, no, so, and it is, CrossFit at least has an end goal in mind crypto yeah. i've never I've, crypto what is the goal here? let me explain it to you brother it's turning the fed on its head okay and it's proving the power of the little guy and turning a few bucks into a nest egg and that's what i'm fucking going for i'm gonna propose to my girl with my crypto cash out as soon as yep. i find her anyway i just sorry sorry you know the term there there is one term in that world that rubs me so completely like it chaps my ass to the moon. No, well, no to the moon. is just the general it's, I think it's funny. It's no, it's crypto's version of let's go. And I fucking yeah. want to punch. I want to, I want to slit the throat of everyone who's ever but screamed to the moon or from, let's go. It doesn't come from crypto to the, to the moon is like, 
I know that's people it's, said that in investment banking when no, he bought. Pe- no, like, pe- Ralph yeah. Cramden said it to his wife when he was going to knock his knock his wife out. He's into the moon, Alice. He <laughs> so, was going to fucking so, punch her face to the sky. Just adopting it. Okay, fair. No, there is a term that they like. They they appropriated, and okay. it pisses me off. All okay, right, hit me with it quickly. The term is unbanked, because. <sighs> Unbanked is a term that physically refers to people who don't have access to or cannot open bank accounts. Right. And that's a problem. That's a legitimate problem. It's an actual important thing to be tracking. Yeah. And these fuckers have their goal as being unbanked. Now, oh, and DeFi, but we we can talk about that later. So, um, unbanked, A, you're taking your money from a fucking bank. And you're putting it into a non-guaranteed institution. You're just an idiot. Well, no. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, Frank. I, I have twenty five hundred dollars cash. Okay, and I put it in the back seat of my car. All right. And when I drive down the road and I drive with the windows down, more money could fly into the car. All right. So hear me out. Whenever I feel like it, I'm in control of when I roll those windows up. The mm-hmm. sealing in whatever money I have in my car, oh, which okay, could okay. be millions it. of dollars, or it could be none at all because all the money fucking flies out of the back windows, or it could be millions of dollars, but probably yeah, none because are, the fucking wind is going to suck it all. All the other, other cars, and then do you have control of? The, no, Frank. The, what, the, I, Frank, this is a free market. This is a free dump market truck that is just fucking sucking money into their dump truck. This is a free market, Frank. I don't control what other people do with their money. I only control my windows. It's a libertarian way. Yes. Guided stupidity. Also, (laughs) the needles that just stick into my arm randomly from the fucking uh, junkies who are around me, that that doesn't affect me. I don't care. Anyway, uh, no, no, let's get into our final topic of the night, which is something that our dad boy Troy brought up in our our thread earlier. This is a good one. you know, time to time, uh, good questions get brought up within our thread. Okay, this well, one also on Reddit AMA or, or Reddit. Uh, what is this? It's not the discussion topic board. What's that one? I think it's just Reddit AMA, isn't it? Uh, or Reddit it's discussion. Ask Reddit. It's Ask Reddit. Yeah. Ask Reddit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Ask Reddit brings some good, like, really thought-provoking questions. Sometimes. Yeah. So this question is: If someone borrowed your body for a month, what kind of quote jiggle the handle end quote tips yeah. would you give them uh, so that they aren't caught off guard when they enter your body? And I will say the threaded red the the threaded red the Reddit thread um, that that uh, Troy said. Don't worry about those comments. Let me hit you with mine. I will say there are some dandies in that fucking Reddit thread. All right. So let's review those first. <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, when you think you're done pooping, you never are. There's always a resolution slash epilogue lull, which is true. That is a, it's, I mean, everybody has been there. There's always a postmortem. There's the, yeah, <laughs> it says rice crispy rules. If it snaps, crackles or pops all normal. If it crunches, you're using it wrong, which brought up a question of what's the difference between a crackle and a crunch, which the person said, easy, a crunch sounds wetter and more meaty. <laughs> oh, it does for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, now if, if you've ever had a, a, a crunch occur, a wet, a wet pop, you know, that's a, that's a two week, <laughs> yeah. that's a two week, uh, sideline injury. That's a minimum. Here's one that I feel like could have been, uh, commented on by one of the fucking people on this podcast. Uh, there's a lot, I'm oh, sorry. There's, a lot of ass hair. The bidet is your best friend. 
And then the comments are like getting peanut butter out of a shag rug. And then, <laughs> and then someone with the grossest comment of all time says, but by the time the diarrhea hits the toilet bowl, it's actually filtered artisanal spring water. <laughs> which yeah. is fucking disgusting. That is, hey, but that's on point. It's it's not bad. Uh, someone says, if you randomly smell smoke for like five seconds out of the blue one day, don't worry. It does that sometimes. <laughs> and then that's the hilarious. edit is, thank you, thank you all for the concern, but no, I don't have seizures or migraines. I've never had a stroke. It's literally just some random smell that appears out of nowhere and leaves leaves just as suddenly without any accompanying systems or uh, symptoms. Sorry, I've told this to multiple doctors and they've all said nothing's wrong. Okay, so with that said, just a few examples thrown out there. Um, Frank, do you mind? Well, should I read Troy's first because he he brought it up. Yeah. Um, Troy said. Uh, for me, it would be any pain in your ankles. Just roll to the outside of each ankle to the ground until it pops. Then Which you're all good. Sounds insane. I, you know, like, yeah, that, that sounds I like mean, a I, fucking... I mean, I do have ankles that pop, but I don't have ankles that I take to the ground. No. No, if I took my ankle to the ground, the pop, the, the pain that you felt would be minuscule compared to the pain that you feel when you took it to the ground. Because no doubt about it, I, I, I mean, I've got a, I've got a, my left ankle will hurt anytime the humidity changes. Like for real, yeah. for real, it hurts. That's not my, that is, that is like number six or seven on the list of shit that I would leave to the person who came into my body, uh, Frank. How about you? Where would you where would you go first? Yeah, so I think we could go one at a time, right? Yeah, like, sure. I've got to say I got I'll multiples do one, here. You do one, I do one, you do one. So I think the 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 one that I have the older I get is from tennis. And it's my right shoulder. Okay. Which I was a right handed tennis player. If I You converted to left lately recently. If I could, no. no. <laughs> Um, if I, uh, okay. So there's, there's a couple things related to this. If you ever do uh, shoulder presses, it will hurt period. Okay. Um, and it's it, very, it minute. it's is, very, very it, particular. There's definitely some ligament not right in there. Been over a decade no, since I've done a shoulder, done a shoulder press. So I wouldn't it, be, that would never needs, come up. Nothing needs to be fixed because every day movement is there okay. but there's something back here like a little thing uh-huh. that will forever not be right and uh <clears throat> it mainly shows up during during shoulder presses and chest presses okay uh, so i'm, I'm then, safe there i'm safe there and then uh if you're playing tennis overhead serving uh, is is uh, not ideal okay um and quite frankly after golf, you need about three days rest. <laughs> it also hurts Everything. after golf. But is that the only thing that hurts after golf? Because I feel like a three days rest. No, it's really, honestly, that's the only that. thing that would limit me from playing a lot of golf. Like, uh, and three days is, is, is yeah, I know. not I realistic. Know. It's probably more like you can't play two rounds in a day because that yeah. really starts hurting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's number one for me. Okay. Number one for me would be uh, lower right back pain. It's just going to be there always. Um, if there's ever a day where you wake up and you can't tie your own shoes, that's normal. Just keep keep walking. Um, you'll you'll be fine. It'll Stretch work it. Out. It'll work itself out in three to thirty six months. Okay, so don't <laughs> worry about it. Uh, <laughs> it's a family problem, and it might be linked back to Agent Orange. I fucking shit you not. <laughs> mm. Uh, there's there, there there are a few studies that say that um, uh, uh, children of Vietnam veterans. Uh, 
have uh, uh, degenerative back disease, like lower back diseases. It makes sense. Um, because there's uh, something happened that changed fucking DNA <laughs> in Vietnam, Vietnam veterans. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to the point where my sister had lower back pain beginning at about 29. My brother had lower back pain beginning in his late 20s. Uh, to the point where he went to the doctor for it. And the doctor did an MRI and x-ray and asked him when he was in a severe automobile accident. He was like, I've never been in an automobile accident. He's like, well, your lower back says something different. So... Uh, and that's, that's my lineage. Yeah, man, that really sucks. Uh, but so, just know that it'll work. Military it. disability then. I just, just know that it'll work itself out. you people are going to say it's sciatica for sure. It's not. It okay. just hurts from a good point with sciatica. It just yeah. brings up, it just hurts from like middle of lower back to like the bottom of your, of your rib cage, uh, all the way down to just under your right ass cheek. It's always going to hurt. Just fucking deal with it. Uh, sometimes it'll yeah. hurt worse than others. When it doesn't hurt, enjoy those times. No, that's fair. Um, along the lines of sciatica, uh, I'd say my my manual will include if if you ever should so happen to go on a stretch of three days or more of running. Uh-huh. Uh, three miles or more, which I again, I, you're gonna. If I'm in your body, don't worry about it. We're good. We're we're solid there. <laughs> I enjoy that. Oh. Like I actually, your like, body enjoys I, it, or you enjoy it. No, it's uh-huh. the, the one thing that happens, and it's tennis too. Now, if I play tennis the way that I used to play, that's more like a day because of the amount of fucking directional changes. Yeah. Um, your right leg will have sciatica. Period. Mm. End of story. Always. Um, and I think it's because that's my pivot leg. Mm. Like if I'm changing direction, both both ways. Like it's I will go leg, huh? left, and I, do, I I won't plant always with my left. I'll try to push off with my right as well. Like my right leg is a very, um, you know yeah, what? Sciatica, I I could, I could tell that because... and the right leg is a very common thing for me. And it if it, I blame solution, rugby, I blame prop rugby. Your, prop your leg up at night. Here's the deal. It helps a lot. I blame rugby on this for you. Is anytime you would do the old rugby and you do a fucking flick with a yeah. football or a rugby ball, either way, you didn't you didn't really ever care the difference between the two. You would always do it to the point where you were pivoting on your right hip. Uh, absolutely, and it's always because you're passing but it was, out. It, it it worked. Yeah, because I could tell that you were not. Uh, I'm sorry to say this, but I I doubt that you were like a fucking winger in rugby. So you're playing no. probably probably more toward the middle. So yeah. you're always going to be hey, flicking man. out That's to your right. Yeah, 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 hey, man. So so. Um, yeah, ninety percent of the stuff I I would put in my manual come back comes back to rugby. And yeah, tennis. probably rugby. Like and tennis. The, the two things that I did. Yeah, I'm gonna it, switch it up with my second it's one. Consistent shit. I'm gonna switch it up with my second one. Uh, if randomly you hear someone say uh, a phrase that just makes you sad for no reason, you just um, blame it on mom and move on. Or mm. if it's I don't want to see your face again until. Uh, you blame that one on dad and then move on. Okay. Don't worry about it. Don't put any more thought Period into it. Story, yeah. On. Just move on. Just don't even just the therapist says, put that all behind you and move forward to bigger and better things. What do you got, Frank? What's your next one? <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's not that deep. Um, next one is, uh, no one's ever going to believe you that your hairline's been this way for your whole life. I, you know what? So I can attest to that. I've, I've known this go. man for damn near almost 20 years at this point. It's always been the same. I thought the same Everybody, thing. Everybody thinks it's receding. It's the it same. hasn't receded an inch. It's just what it is. This man's got thigh burns is what he's got. You know what I mean? Frank, up top. 
<laughs> it's, it's funny because my daughter came out with my hairline. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was at that point that your wife was like, oh. <laughs> ah, now he has no, been it's, telling it's, the truth. It's funny as fuck because my dad and my grandpa had the same hairline. My uncle has the same hairline. We don't lose hair. No, it's that's it's the way you're born. <laughs> the hairline, you, you're about I don't know a quarter of the way up your scalp is just no hair. <laughs> but it's not even uh, that. Like it's it's literally like you've had a formed hairline my entire time that I've known you. Yeah, it, it's never moved, never changed. Nope. It's the it's no, it it's kind of wild. Hair. Where there is hair, there is a lot of hair. That's now that you problem. mentioned that, Frank, I've like I, I've noticed it, but I haven't noticed it. Like I've been like, what's going on? Nah, no, whatever. It's been the same. No, but you it's 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 like it's the one thing that like I don't know. I have zero interest in Bosley or hair implants or shit, you know. But I think it's because I've always had this hair. If someone were to one day wake up and be like. Oh, okay. That's a mad widow's peak, bro. Like, okay. <laughs> um, like, and then they went the boss. They'd be like, "Oh, fair enough," you know. But it's, I've got. No you should look into it. what Elon did in the fucking late nineties to what oh he's at now. God. Jesus that Christ! Dude, I have no idea what he did. I think he put just uh, brawn, probably. <laughs> brawn? No, that motherfucker. Like he, he. I think, I think he, all he did was uh, what Brano. He just sprayed Brano. It's what hair like. <laughs> he fucking, go, ladies and gentlemen at home. Just Google. Rondo. Damn it! It took me three times. To get Google Elon Musk McLaren F1. Okay, because oh, that God. motherfucker bought. Fantastic. He had no hair. That motherfucker bought one of the rarest and most sought after hypercars on the planet he in the late nineties. Yeah, yeah. You, it was one of those you have to like qualify to buy it. He bought one, and then eventually wrecked it and/or sold it. Doesn't matter. But the picture. And he, and he also had a much worse. South African accent. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was terrible. I mean, it made Leo in fucking uh, Blood Diamonds just look like he was speaking proper English. I, the the hairline that that man had in, like, 98 was absurd compared mm-hmm. to what it is now. It's like LeBron James in 2008 compared to LeBron James now. Also, wild hairlines. And also, by the way, if you ever want to understand why people say local news is trash think about the fact that a news person went to fucking elon musk's house to report on the fact that he got a car well and then replay that a thousand no times okay so here's the deal that's those important. those that's my world frank no uh, that I is what i would that, go to report but it's on not, would would you do it as a a local TV anchor. Well, no, because here's the deal. I would do it as car and driver magazine. Well, here's what a lot of people don't understand. And I think this is where you might not understand car and driver magazine does go to cover these things and then sells it back to local reporters as if they are reporting on it. Here's the package that we have. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. and, And that's what happens in a lot of news cases, especially international news that may have tie-ins to Oklahoma City, but they're not going to fucking send a reporter to Oklahoma City. They'll just get stock news cover or news footage and then weave it in to make it seem like they have. You know what's the most frustrating part about Elon Musk? What's that? He lives in Austin now. Oh, yeah, congratulations, yeah. And I, like, I will give the man his due. Yeah. He is a much more important human being than Steve Jobs ever wished to be. Yeah. Um... He he is like Leonardo da Vinci level 
crazy. Yeah, and could have the same impact as and could have the exact same impact. Yeah. So I I I, I will recognize him for what he is. But God damn it, he's batshit insane. Oh, like, he's... And that's not going to change. No. Like, that's the nah, part to bro. me that I'm just like... It's only going to go farther down that oh, fucking it's weird only spectrum. only getting worse. And, and as a South African, you know... How does that feel? Yeah, hey, uh, liaison to all of South Africa on Nowhere Left Behind. Go ahead, tell us your no, feelings. I think we're very... <laughs> okay, so the, the country for sure is very proud of him right, right. like the richest person I mean, on earth is a south african i was gonna say he's also success despite riches like he's had an impact but, on but society. he came from my background right you know like it just he's the ultimate third world like you can do whatever you want story third, and third I world entrepreneur that that is yeah yeah and that's insane yeah. that's absolutely insane like the fact that elon musk bet on himself not once not twice but seven or eight times with all of his money, um, growing exponentially. I don't care each what time. you think about him personally. What he's done is physically, I mean, statistically, not physically, statistically, not even improbable. It's like infinitesimally, almost impossible, unlikely. Yeah. yeah. So if 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 you if you sit there and you're like, oh, you know, he's kind of an asshole. Sure, we can talk about his personality all day all day long, but we will never see and have never seen in American history um, anybody who's done this. Um, So, so credit where credit is due, but in saying that um, the man has this ability to just piss me off and his tweet tonight, been driving the latest Cybertruck prototype around Giga Texas. It's awesome. Now, motherfucker, you sold. No, no, no. It's it's not. I, I don't have a problem with him saying it's 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 great. You know, no. it's sucking his own dick. I mean, he is totally. He's, he's a been salesperson doing that for years. Yeah. So I, it's not. That's not the part that that rubs me the wrong way. It's the fact that he is still selling prototypes, or not prototypes. He's selling Cybertrucks based on a reveal that didn't go so well uh, three and a half years ago, and the latest prototype. So Elon, when do we get to see what we actually bought? Like, yeah, that part of him annoys the shit out of me. Well, you uh, spent it's, it's, you spent the, what over two thing, years on a waiting list that, for it's the not Tesla the stuff three. That works. It's the stuff that doesn't work that yeah. annoys me. It's like the boring company, right? Like we're gonna promise X, Y, and Z, and then there's a traffic jam in a tunnel at Las Vegas, right? You said this was going to get rid of that because your Tesla, whatever self-driving would communicate with each other. And it's like, Elon, this isn't ready for prime time. Why are you even showing this? Right. And and if you can't deliver on it, it's cool too. It's fine. Just, Hey, we had a great idea. It didn't work. It's Um, transparency is uh, very important in this day and age. And I feel like that is uh, the previous generation's shortcomings. Um, and it's 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 not even just that is how it's how he how he has this ability to sell a vision that's quite frankly it's enviable yeah but there's the substance behind the vision isn't fleshed out so then when you get to the point where you know the vision needs to start fucking happening um, at some point, people are just going to be like, "Fucking Elon, we'll talk to you in ten years and see if this happened." Right. Um, and 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 they should. At this point, everybody should do that. I, I have zero zero doubt the man will do what he says he's going to do. 
Um, and if he can't, he's going to fucking dwindle that $270 odd billion that he has, uh, piss it into the ocean until he can do what he wants to do. Right. Um, he, it's not going to be for lack of commitment that it's not done. Um, and, and I, everybody has to respect him for that. Um, but just slow your mouth, man. Like, just settle down. You don't need to do interviews every other day. You don't need to make stupid promises. Like, there's this YouTube montage of him promising self-driving full self-driving vehicles year after year since 2014. And every single time he said, I think by this time next year. Oh, dude, at some point, just tell him it's not ready for prime time. Um, stop asking me this question. I, I will I will have a full reveal when we are ready. And, you know, maybe give people what the problems are. We're having real problems recognizing humans through the cameras <laughs> and whatever it might be. You know, like, it, it, at some point, you've got to come back to people paid literally 10 grand for this and it's not it's there. not here <laughs> well um so okay all right so, so hold on more defects uh, yeah i was gonna say this is my i'm, I'm gonna give do, do you have another one or i can make this on my last one i i have two more i have two more jesus christ okay so no, not tumor i have two more yeah, no i didn't think it was gonna be tumor uh, uh okay so uh, I mean, I, narrow, kind of I got narrowed down. Okay, so you're gonna have if you're entering my body for a month, the jiggle your hand, jiggle the handle, um, uh, uh, fix is gonna be like you're going to have an unearthly need to pop your elbows. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you heard both of those, but it just happens. Okay. I pop both elbows all the time from various traumas that I've experienced in my life, mostly involving sports, I have to pop my elbows. Now, I will say this every now and then, probably once a quarter, you're gonna feel like your chest needs to pop. And go ahead and pop your chest, okay? Just don't open your mouth when you do so, because what happens is when your chest pops, and it will, if you have your mouth open when it pops, it sounds like you're fucking breaking in half to those around you, okay? So don't do that. Keep your mouth closed. Pop your chest. You, what you need to do is record that one time. It is fucking insane, Frank. So I cracked my sternum once in, in high school um, by just getting absolutely obliterated on the football field. And I say I cracked my sternum. There was no actual crack there, but I'm just going to put it to you this way. Okay. I couldn't crack my chest before I got hit. Okay. After I got hit, I could crack my chest. So I don't know many other people who can pop their chest besides people who have broken their sternum. Kevin, looking at you, buddy. I, so you tell me, Doc, um, what caused me, what gave me the ability to fucking pop my chest? Anyway, well, I did I'd it. I'd imagine it has something to do with the fact that you are no longer fully fused. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, there's air probably, now. You, re, you don't regrow bone always. <laughs> no. You grow some component of cartilage. Yeah, no, there's, there's now an air pocket somewhere in my midsection yeah. here. Man, uh, that's fucking odd. That would be wild. It's, I, it's, I, I, don't, I don't have that. It's crazy when it happens, when, when I experience it. I was 32 years old when I realized that if I did this with my mouth open, other people thought I was fucking dying. So I was, no. I was at lunch one day and I was like, oh, and I like, you know, went to stretch 
And when I stretched, my chest popped with my mouth open. And everybody in the room, there's like four or five people there. They were like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, All right. No, so what we need to do when this happens again, we need a sound sample. You got to sit in front of the mic and do this. I'll do my best. We, we want to hear this. Um, okay. So uh, an additional one for me would be um, definitely, definitely don't uh, misjudge. Well, how, how should I put it? Your ankles are not always stable. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. And um, don't overestimate your abilities. Yeah. And it's not because they're broken. It's because you have certain minor ligaments that don't exist anymore. <laughs> that, especially in the left one, that you're, normal people have to stabilize the ankle that you don't. Your and support groups are, are lessened or weakened. And, and when you went to the doctor, they said, yeah, you'll be okay. Just, you know. Uh, and now when you're older, you realize that, well, it would have been nice to not have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, and especially while running, um, there are certain times when your ankle will just hurt and it feels as though the more you run, the better it gets. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've yet to figure out whether or not that's true. So just mm. keep running. Just keep running. That makes sense. It'll be fine. Yeah, just keep, keep hoping it. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I have one, uh, you're going to hear again, this goes to phrasing and, and phrases. Your mind is going to work in a way that you're like, oh, I should say this. Don't. Okay. And uh, uh, a quick example of that. And it's nothing major. Okay. It's nothing that's going to get you in trouble. But it's something that's going to get everyone in the room to look at you like you're a fucking mongoloid. Okay. So an example of this would be this week. Uh, my boss who now my boss, I don't have a manager at the moment. I have a, have a vice president who I report to which I'm skipping like three levels of person because that's how low on the totem pole I should be, but I'm reporting to a vice president. Uh, she gave me the wonderful advice of approach this project um, with the idea of uh, basically how I can make the most change without disrupting the the norm, which was a good bit of advice because uh, I was trying to take some out there approaches to how I wanted to go about this project. Okay, genuine good advice. I had to physically stop myself from saying, I guess that's what Little Wayne meant when he said, real G's move in silence like lasagna. And (laughs) it was something that I had to physically stop myself from saying, Frank. It was fucking terrifying. And after uh, the vice president left, I told the team who was in there with me what I had to stop myself from saying. And they were like, yeah, no, it's good you didn't say that, Brian. It was a good encouraging uh, uh, a little powwow afterwards. Uh, but at the same time, it, it helped me recognize that there are some uh, bits of my mind, the way it works. You just got to pause. Don't let, it, don't let it out. Don't let it out. Because Lil Wayne was absolutely correct when he said. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know, it's funny. Lil Wayne, he he was so poignant at times mm. and always like mm. always so like uh fluid well fluid's one way to describe it but it's like he would take something that just made no sense mm. individually and then pull it back with the next line you know like it 
it's non sequiturs, if you will. <clears throat> a lot of non sequiturs. That's it. That's it. Yep. No, I, I, listen, I skipped grammar. That's I, fine. E- ESL, baby. Yeah. ESL. Yeah. Yeah. ESL child. So, yeah. Lil Wayne was just an entire run on sentence filled with non sequiturs. That's what he did forever. It was fantastic. Ever. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was better than no, like, he's good. Mitch Hedberg champion of non sequiturs. Mitch Hedberg also uh, needed a psychologist. Well, it, that okay. Okay. Too soon, man. He only not a therapist. He, he, he needed a psychologist yeah, I to know. actually analyze his brain. Well, it, it was a chemical imbalance is what yeah, psychologists help with. Yeah, but isn't it also kind of insane how few people know the difference between those two things? You know who do know the difference between those things? People who have visited psychologists and therapists. <laughs> but <laughs> because all, all of us who have are like, no, 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 no. The psychologists are the ones who give us the pills that make us normal, and the therapists are ones who give us the the ability to behave normally the rest of the time. Irrespective of the, <laughs> of the, the medicine. Yeah. Yeah, but as some people need, you know, both so yeah no everybody i think everybody probably needs both at some point in time but it's the ability to identify which one you you do need is the the, the, the key exactly so um yeah i I guess the the, my last one would be not not every um let me i need to i need to put this kindly okay Um, can't wait for this yeah, it's it's similar to yours. Um, not not every uh, you know every time that you feel as though you have a uh, uh, a thought <laughs> that that may or may not be you know appropriate. A better idea, oh. a better, uh, you know, a, a more um, a factual statement. Um, not all of those need to come out at, you know, the wanton time. Uh, maybe there is a a better long term strategy to introduce someone to some additional knowledge to then get them to understand that thought. Mm. Your mouth. Oh, wait, are you saying that your mouth happens to work faster than your brain at some points? Well, it's sort of like my brain just says, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on. You're, Frank, what you're referring to is what I like to call Jeopardy mind, okay? Which is uh, the way Frank plays Jeopardy, which is hit it, hit it, hit it, hit the button, hit the button, hit the button, answer, answer, answer. Let's figure it out. You hit the button and you're going, all right, let's figure this thing out. And is that what you're talking about? No, but I mean, that's that's that's, yeah, a, that's joke, a general. No, this is like. If you're in a conversation and you you happen to know that the person is wrong, it's mm. not always appropriate to then go. Let let's do an undressing of what you just said here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an appropriate you know methodology to 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 that. I've gotten in trouble a lot of times for doing that. So even though you're right, it might not be the right time for doing it. Yeah, it's uh, what I like to call the breathe it in method because sometimes my brain works much faster than others uh and i like to what i say i chunk information i can see where you're going with your discussion and i'm about to turn your discussion into an argument without you knowing it and sometimes yeah, because the problem yeah it's because crazy. you're presenting a fucking problem because what the way your mind works is wrong. wrong yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no. it's wrong yeah it's wrong yeah it's like the breathe it in method uh you got to breathe that in mm-hmm. digest it let it simmer I'm like, well, I appreciate the way you think you're thinking about this, 
but what if we thought about it this way? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's it's mostly like when it doesn't happen when there's a nuance. No. It's well, when someone is so fucking out of left field I with think, a statement. Right? You're like, did you listen to the last five minutes? I would, my mind would have no problem saying that. Right? <laughs> uh, no problem. But I have become better at being more the kind of guy who goes, well, Jim, as X, Y, and Z said five minutes ago, and even that can sometimes be yeah. taken. Yeah, as no, it's not good. Not good. But, but but to me, that's kind of where I lead it. I'm like, yeah, well, we just you, talked about this because I, I, I don't know. I always there has to be ownership in the fact that you just you fucking ignored the last five minutes of this fucking what you're, discussion. What you're dis- what you're uh, calling out here is the way your personality functions uh, combined with other personalities. Your personality yeah. functions a lot like Mrs. Brian's personality functions, which is like, you're wrong. This is why you're wrong. And we need to move on to make sure that you're right. And like, it's okay in some instances, like when y'all are yelling about fucking which Lady Gaga song is the best or which Madonna song is ripped or off by. Taylor Swift even deserves to be on this planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when y'all are discussing fucking work matters with people who have opinions, feelings, and weight within the fucking corporate communities that y'all function within. Doesn't always work. Yeah, you have to take some time to breathe it in. Well, my last, uh, my last flaw that I would give people a heads up on and it's not really a flaw in my mind right now. Um, but your body is going to say, I'm really fucking thirsty. Okay. And your hand is going to grab a fucking Coors banquet out of their, out of the refrigerator. <laughs> and, and what you're going to know is like, hold on, wait a second. That's my fucking seventh beer in the last two hours. And you're like, wait, well, if I can, I probably shouldn't drink that. But then your brain's going to go, yeah, no, you should. <laughs> and you finished and you finished number seven in the last two hours and you're like wait oh fuck that's not healthy I'm like yeah probably not we'll figure it out tomorrow and it doesn't matter <laughs> and that is the point where three beers prior you're supposed to go wait brian hold on is that a good idea brahmanasu brahmanasu the brahmanasu <laughs> which by the way Funniest shit ever. Uh, TikTok, there is a trend going on where wives walk into their uh, husband's gaming area. And uh, <clears throat> when they when they walk into their husband's gaming area, the challenge is to read their husband's gaming profile or their gamer tag off. Okay. <sighs> and like, there's the classic like D's nuts 69 and shit like that. And it's just a overall disappointment of fucking wives with their husband's gamer tag. Yep. So obviously I asked You've Mrs. Brian, I was like, come on in here, take a look at the gamer tag. Oh, I, well first I asked her, I was like, do you know my gamer tag? She was like, and then she said my fucking email address. I was like, that's not it. Cause that's got my last name in it. I would never put my last well, it name. Also used to be your old email address. Well, yeah, it was close. It was close to because it used to be Bry Fox was my old email address. Sure, it's true. Um, but I mean, it's it is my personal Twitter handle, still. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I I told her I was like, do you know what it is? She threw out a random bunch of guesses. None of them are right. And then she came in and she was like, the Bry Man OSU. I was like, well, 
Not if you are Frank, because then it's <laughs> the Brahmanasu, <laughs> which is what multiple people have referred to me as, especially on Battlefield 2042. Yep, the Brahmanasu. You got to understand how people read gamertag. They're words. <laughs> they're not. They're not like fucking. They know nothing about you. They're not going to go. Oh, OSU is in the Ohio it's in State. All capitals. I mean, what else would you read? Anyway, <laughs> they're not going to. They're not going to. So My favorite is because. My favorite is when I told Mrs. Brian that she goes, "Oh, it's like Frank's game, uh, like gamer tag, which is Titty Links. <laughs> it's Taddeus Lanky. It's not Titty Links. Titty Links is your fucking gamer tag from yeah, Dallas. But it's because people apparently don't know what words are. Titty Links. <laughs> that's it. That's all that matters. Oh, I'm sorry, the Brymanasu. You can't be no, upset. At least I am reading the consonants and the vowels appropriately in the word." Titty Links is just adding shit. Uh-huh. It's Taddeus Lanky. Yeah. It, it has no... In, it, uh, you know what? I'm going to... I can do this. You see no what I did there? I after the T. Uh, I can turn your mic down Taddeus if you want. Link. So I just want to point that out. You know how that works. Did you not hear my Riddle. impromptu beer count earlier? I mean, come on. I finished off all the truly I had in my fucking fridge earlier, along with a, apparently a Mountain Dew in the mix. Ooh. Yeah, fair enough. You know that yeah. goes. Anyway, that's a, I mean that's some gaming juice. Uh, it's, it's gamer juice. Do you remember when they sold Mountain Dew as like Pro. gamer whatever Pro now, focus juice? Now they have it was like now they have G Fuel. Oh, it's literally no an energy drink for gaming. Yeah. No, I think Jake it's made Paul by a part of it. No, I think it's if made Jake by Jake Paul's not a part of it. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Classy. I think Gatorade's involved somehow, some way. So, you know, Did Michael- you see Jake Paul won fucking boxer of the year last year. Okay. I don't want any more sad news. Okay. For Brian, <laughs> check us out on fucking all your social media platforms at no beer left cast at no beer left behind cast at gmail.com. I fucking, I don't know the, uh, the rest of the stuff. If Jake Paul won boxer of the year, then we won podcast of the year somewhere on some <laughs> he definitely did yeah he so congratulations did. us guys w- big shout out woo um for brian here in north texas until next time i am out no you know <laughs> brian i think the one thing that i've realized since daddy daycare started yesterday is that when i was a single man i had loads of free time and now all I do is take care of the kid and listen to albums, and I hardly ever leave the house. I'm out.